When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. 800-826-2266. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. At five minutes after five o'clock on a finally Friday morning, I'll tell you the wind seems a little stronger out there this morning than it did yesterday morning. We're not going to be as warm as we were yesterday. Still sunshine on the way. 35 are expected high for today. Tomorrow will bounce up to 40 degrees with sunny skies. Sunday all the way up to the mid-40s. But maybe some precipitation late in the day on Sunday. And then the front part of next week, we cool back down to more normal temperatures for this time in December. Talking about that with Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist. He's coming your way in about 15 minutes. Glad you're along with us. I'm PM Yankee. We're pretty excited. Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation starts their centennial celebration and annual business conference this afternoon. Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells. Now, this is kind of a pivotal year for the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. It's not just about their anniversary. It's also about the fact that Jim Holt, current president of the Farm Bureau, has announced that he's going to be retiring. So we've got a little bit of a changing of leadership coming up for the state's largest farm organization before uh, next week. Our whole farm team is going to be at the Farm Bureau Convention uh, this afternoon, giving a young farmer the chance to be a broadcaster. We've asked them to be a babe and try their hand at being a farm broadcaster. Someone across the state will pick up $500 cash for their vocal abilities to do that. That's one of the fun events we've got planned with our Farm Bureau friends starting this afternoon. I hope you'll follow along on social media, especially as we keep you up to date. Always remember on Facebook, look for Fabulous Farm Babe. On Instagram, Fab Farm Babe. And on Twitter, Fab Farm Babe. Of course, we invite you to take a look at our new website as well, MidwestFarmReport.com. You can get signed up for daily newsletters from uh, the entire staff, keeping you up to date on the latest food news. Speaking of food news, up before six, it is catching the attention of a lot of folks in the dairy industry. E-commerce, folks that are buying dairy online, has skyrocketed. And Josh got a chance yesterday to visit with one of the staff members from Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin that's paying attention to those trends. That's coming up after 5.30. Edinburgh, Belfast, Dublin, those are just a few of the stops on our next agriculture adventure. I'm Pam Yankee, inviting you to come along. Scotland and Northern Ireland are next destinations, September 15th through the 25th. We'll visit the Titanic Belfast Museum take in the breathtaking Giants Causeway. We'll also tour the cities of Belfast and Dublin. For details, call 800-826-2266 or go to MidwestFarmReport.com. In farming, getting things done early has a way of setting you up for success. Like using Corvus for an early season win over weeds. Corvus keeps even the toughest weeds from gaining a foothold. Multiple sites of action deliver superior control of emerged weeds. And later, Corvus reactivates with just a half inch of rain to take out any new weeds that may have sprouted. So get an early season win against weeds with Corvus for end of season rewards. Always read and follow label instructions. Corvus is a restricted use pesticide. Well, you know, last week we talked about how much work Wisconsin farmers had gotten done and what is left to get done as far as field work. 
fabulous farm bay Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. You know, we've got about 86% of our soybeans that did get harvested, but only about 66% of our corn, and it was awfully wet at that. All kinds of challenges when it comes to the harvest of 2019, Scott, and that's no surprise to your guest this morning. That's right, Pam. This is Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. The planting and harvesting season is serious business for custom harvesting operations in any year, and this year had custom harvesters in many parts of the Midwest, in many parts of the Midwest, facing some special challenges. It was business as usual in some areas of the country, though. But either way, U.S. Custom Harvesters board member Rafe Jolliffe said weather-affected areas should drive home the option of hiring a custom harvester, then that's a good option. I asked Rafe about how the season's gone for him around his Colorado base compared with what he's heard about from other custom operators around the country. Rafe, it's been a year that is something to remember through a lot of country. You are in Colorado and the challenges for custom harvesters in your neck of the woods haven't been that terrible. You know, at the end of the day, we, we fared a lot better than a lot of guys have. We didn't have near the moisture. Most of our crops right there in eastern Colorado were planted on time, come out in a pretty timely fashion, um, you know, but that absolutely is not the case everywhere else. Not the case everywhere else. What are you hearing around the countryside from your membership? You know, I've talked to quite a few members. Uh, majority of the forage guys are either wrapped up, just getting wrapped up, or right on the very end of it. Uh, a lot of the combiners, I know there's there's a little bit of harvest still happening up in northeastern Colorado. There's some guys over in Nebraska running north, north central Nebraska on the short rows. Um, there are other guys when you get up in that uh, northern Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and north, you know, up in the Dakotas that are not loving life very much. It's It's going to be a real struggle, I think. That's, I suppose, why some producers are using custom harvesters. You know, it is. Uh, with a custom harvester, most of the time we've got, uh, you know, more equipment than the average farmer cares to have sitting around, cares to be making payments on. So typically we can come in, we can get the crops out in a pretty timely fashion. Uh, that's not always the case. Sometimes Mother Nature still beats us. But uh, in general, it's it's not a bad bad plan. And how about the equipment what uh, on uh, in those parts of the countryside that are in tough shape how's the equipment hanging that kind of stuff you know <laughs> it's interesting you ask that i heard a story i haven't talked to him firsthand had a, have a friend up in the iowa border minnesota border he said that uh, he thought three weeks he'd be wrapped up and i heard they blew up four combines the other day uh tried to leave them running overnight because it was so cold and uh, come back the next morning and had issues with four of them so i guess i need to call and verify but that's kind of the story i'm hearing that's the kind of year it's been and boy you have to feel real fortunate living where you are this year and the worm always turns though doesn't it it does you know we uh we got hailed on there a little bit at home, and we sure thought we were, were going to see some trouble out of it. And I guess at the end it worked out for us. We picked up a few extra acres on the forage side. Uh, most of our hail there at home actually came after wheat harvest was over, so we were pretty fortunate there. Um, but like I say, there's a lot of people that haven't been near as fortunate this year. Optimism. 
when you get up on the farm every day, you have to have a good bit of optimism. Is it that kind of thing that's needed in your in your world too? You know, I tell a lot of people, I think we are the ultimate optimists. Every year, it seems like we fight one struggle or the next. You know, last year was the same way. We fought mud all last fall, and everybody says, oh, next year will be better, next year will be better. Well, we started out this year in the mud again, so uh, it was really a question of whether this year was going to be better. So I, I think most guys are done before Christmas this year, so I guess that's optimistic. And the members, what are you hearing across the countryside where uh, yields were concerned? You know, I guess I'm not familiar with a lot of the yields up north. I haven't talked to guys. I know north of us, uh, a lot of the corn, or some of the corn that is still standing, there's a lot of grain hitting the ground, a lot of ears hitting the ground. I don't know if that's a variety issue. Uh, We've had some wind. We've had the weather. So I think overall yields are probably decent. But, again, just another one of those obstacles everybody's facing is how how do you pick it back up off the ground now that Mother Nature got us again? You just brought something to mind when you said uh, it's a variety issue. Do you guys sometimes work with farmers on variety selection for these very reasons and what you're seeing from those combines and and whatnot? And uh, do you take the combine notes and pass them on? How does that go? You know, actually, that's a really good question, and this year was one of those years. Uh, we picked up a new dairy job, uh, and we're chopping corn for them, and all of a sudden I've got pickups swarming my field because there's ears dropped all over the ground, uh, beautiful green, huge corn silage, but there was a shank issue, and it was pitching ears off a of green corn silage, and so they do. I think you know that's part of the relationship you build with your customers is is to let them know communication is key to everything. Um, so as soon as we see something like that, you know, talking with your farmers, hey, I don't know what happened here. Maybe you do. Maybe you had a sprayer issue or a seed issue or a, a bug issue, whatever. Uh, but just letting them know there's something going on here, making them aware so that they can make changes. And absolutely, that communication with your growers and your producers is, you know, absolutely critical. Are you becoming more savvy as an organization where those kinds of things are concerned? And is the acceptance growing of using a custom harvester? You know, it's it's interesting. Um, I think producers are getting smarter. I think they realize that to stay in business, they have to be smarter. And, you know, we're the fortunate ones. We get to go drive the combines. That's, that's how I got in this. I grew up on a farm. I loved harvest season. That's what pushed me into this field. Uh, and I think a lot of guys own a combine because they love to drive it. But you have to consider, is that the financially most sound business decision? Or am I better off if that machine's only going to run two weeks a year, am I better off to go hire a custom harvester who he can spread his depreciation, his repairs, his costs over a six or eight month season? Um, you know, and, and should I put that money in my own pocket? You know, not have that money laid out there? Should I not have the insurance, the interest, the you know, all the extra help and labor that goes along with harvesting? So I think guys are really starting to reevaluate that and, and you know, maybe it is cheaper in the long run to hire a custom harvester. Happy with the harvest. Again, that's Rafe Jolliffe, a board member with the U.S. Custom Harvesters Incorporated. And while Rafe said it's a mixed bag of harvesting this year across the United States, here in Wisconsin, we all know too well that it's been a real challenge. And Rafe said again, 
go ahead and feel free to look up a custom harvester. U.S. Custom Harvesters, Inc. has some membership in Wisconsin, and you can find those members by going to their website, uschi.com. That's uschi.com. And custom operators also can be found through the Wisconsin Custom Operators Organization, which has about 100 members throughout the state. To find them, visit wiscustomoperators.org. Again, that's wiscustomoperators.org. On the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire, I'm Scott Schultz. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. You're a skilled plumber, hardworking, efficient. We'd like to hire you and welcome you and your family to our family of equally talented employees. I'm Dale Benjamin. Call, email us, or stop by our new facility today. Top wages and benefits, including a generous retirement plan. You've got a friend in the plumbing business and an exciting career waiting for you at Benjamin Plumbing. You need corn hybrids with genetics and traits bred and tested in local conditions. I'm Shannon Latham. That's what you get from family-owned, proudly independent Latham High Tech Seeds. Numbers developed for your fields. New Star 4795 VT Double Pro Rib features great disease tolerance. Five-time first test winner 5245 VT Double Pro Rib is a Goss Boss. And 5739 Smart Stacks Rib is a widely adapted gladiator hybrid. Pick the best field by field at LathamSeeds.com or call 877-GO-LATHAM. Be prepared for the cold months ahead with a trip to Blaine's Farm and Fleet. We carry a wide assortment of tools to help get your projects done, like a DeWalt 150,000 BTU LP forced air heater to keep your workspace warm. Regularly $229.99, now $189.99. Get $70 instant savings on a 20-volt lithium-ion brushless drill driver and impact driver combo kit. Features a two-speed transmission and LED lights for working in dark spaces. Save $100 on an M18 fuel high-torque half-inch impact wrench with battery from Milwaukee Tool, just $2.99. And keep your water soft with Morton Pure Natural Crystals, a 40-pound bag, just $5.29. Save on the brands you love, and now with Blaine's Loyalty Rewards Program, earn points and save even more. Join Blaine's Rewards today and take advantage of member rewards pricing, special offers and savings, and member-only events. Find values like these and more at Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1955. Putting the cheese on the crackers. It's Pam Yonke and the Wisconsin Farm Report. Almost 520 now on a finally Friday morning, as if you didn't have uh, to have a reason to put cheese on crackers, get the sausage out, get uh, the tailgate going. Now we've got uh, the Badgers and the Big Ten game tomorrow. Packers up at Lambeau on Sunday. By Sunday, it really looks pretty doggone nice for tailgating or whatever activities we've got outside. We just got to get through today, huh, Stu? Yeah, today is a cool day, Pam, but even, you know, saying it's a cool day isn't bad because we didn't cool down a lot overnight. The persistent cloud cover held out and our temperature stayed pretty nice overnight. You know, not far from the normal daytime high. Normal high at Madison, 33, 32 at La Crosse. Your results may vary, but you know, we're right about there starting the day. That's pretty good. We don't warm up much, though. At least some sunshine breaks out, and that's awesome. High pressure slips just off to the east today. 
And as it does, I expect we start to see winds turning back to the south. That south wind develops overnight into the day Saturday. That's why we get that nice warm-up tomorrow. Back to above normal with sunshine, even more mild into Sunday. But by Sunday, more clouds are going to be around. And Sunday, we expect low pressure will slide east near the international border, that far north. But out ahead of that, with that mild air building in, the chance of a little light rain could pop up. Possibly Saturday, Sunday afternoon. More likely, I'd expect, late Sunday night into Monday, some rain. Could be a rain-snow mix around into Monday morning. Not that we expect a whole lot of accumulation, not even an inch. And, you know, maybe a tenth or, or two of rain to be seen. But along with that precipitation to start the new week, we get a reinforcing blast of cold air. And those temperatures will get cooler through Monday. Stay cooler Talking about daytime highs in the teens or even a bit below as we look toward Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's going to be a cold winter-type weather spell into the mid part of next week. So enjoy that really mild stuff that we'll see, especially Saturday, even into the day Sunday. And then a little precipitation and then colder air. It turns around toward later next week. I mean, we start to turn around, start warming up slowly Thursday and Friday, at least back up into the 20s. But that's still not even back to that normal of low 30s, so it's going to take a while. I'll have forecast details right after this. Compeer Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compeer Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our unique perspective finds solutions to your challenges. And our specially trained financial team guides you every step of the way. Partner with us to make your goals possible. Compeer.com. Compeer Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. And MLS number 619731, copyright 2019, all rights reserved. In farming, getting things done early has a way of setting you up for success. Like using Corvus for an early season win over weeds. Corvus keeps even the toughest weeds from gaining a foothold. Multiple sites of action deliver superior control of emerged weeds. And later, Corvus reactivates with just a half inch of rain to take out any new weeds that may have sprouted. So get an early season win against weeds with Corvus for end-of-season rewards. Always read and follow label instructions. Corvus is a restricted-use pesticide. All righty, Stu, go ahead. Give us an update. I was talking about the weather. Usually when we go to the Wisconsin Farm Bureau's annual meeting, you end up either getting bit by weather on the front end or the back end. It sounds like uh, more of a chance of challenges on the back end Monday, huh? Yeah, that would be the day, I guess. Let's talk about uh, some morning clouds today, especially in central and northern Wisconsin, but they'll thin out. And we should look for mostly sunny skies. And the high today in the low, possibly a mid-30. I'd say 34, the warmest spot. That'll be Madison, La Crosse, everybody else cooler. North winds about 5 to 15. Overnight, partly cloudy, down to 22. Winds become south late, about 5. Mostly sunny Saturday. Upper 30s, maybe a 40 here and there. Sounds pretty good. South winds at 5 to 15. But more clouds develop for Sunday. Late afternoon into the evening, some light rain may develop Sunday. Low 40s, 42, 43 degrees. Southwest winds 8 to 18. That rain could mix with a bit of snow then into Monday or Monday night, Pam, and then it gets cold. Yeah, then it gets cold. All right, buddy. Appreciate that. Have a good weekend. Heal up, and we'll talk to you on Monday. Absolutely. See you then. Yep. Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist with a look at weather details. And like you said, we're uh, pretty much all in the same book this morning as far as temperatures are concerned. and may not see a whole heap of a improvement. Cloudy skies in La Crosse, you're at 34. Mauston, you've got cloudy skies. You're at 32. Fond Lac?
partly cloudy, 28. Oshkosh, mostly cloudy and 28. And in Madison this morning, cloudy skies sitting at 32 degrees. We're going to have some fun tonight up in Wisconsin Dells with the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation uh, giving folks an opportunity to try and be a farm broadcaster. Keep sending those entries in. We'll take them right on through this evening. It is 525. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Someday, everyone will have an energy-efficient tankless water heater and an endless supply of hot water. Benjamin Plumbing is now an A-certified dealer of Renai Tankless Water Heaters, the number one selling tankless water heater in North America. Renai Tankless Water Heaters are up to 40% more efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot all day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Go tankless. Endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. The Madison Police Department's Violent Crimes Unit and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help in identifying suspects involved in a major weapons violation. On November 24th at 8.42 p.m., Madison police officers responded to the 4500 block of Cottage Grove Road regarding multiple shots fired. Officers found 45 shell casings, two damaged vehicles, and damage to buildings. From the evidence collected, it is believed that there were two sides shooting at one another. Several rounds entered into neighboring residences, missing one occupant by approximately five feet. Other people sought shelter upon hearing the round strike their residences. Several people were contacted by police and several apartments were searched. In addition, it was discovered that one round entered the bedroom of a sleeping child with the toddler's stuffed toy shark taking a bullet. If you have any information regarding the identity of these suspects or information regarding this senseless act of violence, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward. Battles aren't won solely on the field. That's a common misconception. Battles are won within. Over enemies of fear. Enemies of doubt. In that place where promises are kept. Promises to oneself. This is a physical training event. Promises to one's community. Healthy people move debris out of their house. Promises to one's country. In the heart of every Marine, you'll find a promise. A promise forever kept. A promise. Of Battles One. Are you fairly fit but would love a little edge up? Are you entering middle age with a slowing metabolism and weak core? MSculpt may be your answer. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie is proud to be one of the first clinics in the area to offer this new muscle building technology called MSculpt. 
It's approved for building and toning abs, arms, butt, thighs, and calves. MSculpt works. One 30-minute treatment can be equivalent to 20,000 crunches or 20,000 squats. It's safe, effective, and painless with virtually no downtime. Sound too good to be true? Visit Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie to learn more. Let your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Looking for future leaders we can trust and believe in? Look no further than the high school student-athletes right here in Wisconsin. High school sports teach young people how to be effective leaders. It begins by making their grades and being on time for practice. It includes learning to listen, following directions, accepting responsibility, being a good role model. And it's about respect for officials, opponents, the rules, and each other. The result? It transcends sports. It gives us hope for the future. High school sports. There's so much more than just a game. This message presented by the Wisconsin Interscholastic Athletic Association and the Wisconsin Athletic Directors Association. Always a day when we get to talk bucks, especially right now when they're riding a 13-game win streak. It's our Bucks reporter, Tony Cartagena. Morning, Tone. How's it going, guys? Good, man. Uh, I'm doing – I've been better, Tony, but, you know, we're uh, we're soldiering on. The, it, it helps my uh, jacked-up knee when uh, the Bucks win again. And, uh, boy, D-bag nominee for sure for the uh, well, Pistons yeah. last night. Tony. What would you think of the Detroit trying to mess with Giannis all night? What was Blake Griffin doing? Was it, Are we, like, blowing it out of proportion or Blake stepping over Giannis? Is that an issue we should take up here? So, Blake Griffin has – is kind of like low-key one of those guys in the league that will mess with people and kind of get in their heads or try to at least a little bit. And I think back in the day it really used to work because Blake Griffin, let's be honest, he used to jump over people on the basketball court. But ever since he got traded to Detroit, I think he's almost become one of those guys that people still respect because he's unbelievably good, but he's also kind of kind of annoying. So Very annoying. Um, yeah, so I think it's one of those things where like it, it, it clearly upset Giannis because I don't know if I've ever heard him say the words that like, we can stop playing basketball and we can fight um, in any type of situation, like he said after the game last night. So honestly, like Giannis has turned into what Blake Griffin should have been, right? Yeah. Like Blake Griffin was the number one overall pick, can jump out of a gym, had all the talent in the world, and he just never became that. He was, you know, he's all NBA, he's an All Star, he's great. But he just never became that MVP guy, and maybe maybe he's a little bit bitter about it or something. Hey, I don't know. But Blake's just a weird dude. Blake dunking over a Kia in the slam dunk contest, cool or not? Uh, if he dunked over a Kia, I would give him credit. He dunked over the hood of a Kia, which I guarantee you <laughs> is not as hard as it makes it look. Because let's just say that there has been some attempts. It's so and lame. Jumping over, the hood, so jumping lame. over the hood of a car is not is not as hard especially at 6'10". If my brain can do it, uh, he better be able to do it. So Blake Griffin shoves Giannis down. He steps over him. Who steps up to be the defender, the enforcer on the court? Chris Middleton. Did you ever expect Chris Middleton to be the enforcer on that? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of – I don't know if the two – because the way it happened, Giannis fell over, and Wesley Matthews and Eric Bledsoe were right there. I don't even know if they had, like, an angle to see it. 
because they just went oh they were walking over like toward Giannis right after it ha- right after he was just kind of sitting on the ground. But Middleton came in kind of from afar. It's like he noticed like a late hit on his quarterback, and he's he he went right after him, and you can see him in the video. He's holding up three fingers, and he said after the game, he's like, I told him, all right, that's once, that's twice, that's three times. You need to cool out with this tonight. I think that's a Lionel Richie song, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) And did I see Pat Connaughton step over someone later in the game, too? Uh, no, Dante DiVincenzo. Oh, DiVincenzo did. That's who it was, yeah. Yeah, after uh, after an and one, yeah, he walked walked over him as well. The the step-over move in the NBA is obviously iconic for, for many a reasons, but it's unbelievably disrespectful, too. Yeah. Uh, visiting with our Bucks insider, Tony Cartagena. So now the stage is set, Tony. I mean, we, we kind of were, were circling this game Friday a week ago, but, you know, you still had some stuff to get through. All games that we thought were winnable, but, you know, it's a long grind in the NBA. You got this load management. Would Giannis, would players get rest? They take care of business. The Bucks get into Friday night with the Clippers, you know, unscathed, still running this win streak. Obviously, since Paul George has come back, L.A. has been as advertised. I mean, they're probably the rest, the best team in, in, in the West right next to the Lakers with, with George and, and Kawhi. I mean, how big of a statement game is this on Friday night just for the entire NBA? Because this could certainly be an NBA Finals preview on Friday night at Pfizer. Yeah, it definitely could be. I mean, they're not even putting it on ESPN, which is kind of interesting right. to me. They got the Celtics, and then they have, a, I think, the Lakers game right after that or something, but... Yeah, so it's not uh, a marquee matchup there in terms of national viewership, which is weird. But either way, I do think that uh, this is just a huge measuring stick for for the Bucks because everything – I remember when Chris Middleton got hurt and we kind of went through their schedule and everyone was very like, oh, this schedule is not good. Like they had the Hawks twice, the Bulls twice. They I think they had only two teams over 500 uh, on the schedule and they still may have only played two teams that are above 500. Uh, in the month of November, maybe three. So I look at that and think like, all right, I was very, hey, they not, they're not playing anybody. So this 13-game win streak, although you can't guarantee things like that, is obviously not as hard as we may have wanted to make it out to be. Now, it's hard to win in the NBA, but, you know, like they're not playing the Clippers, the Thunder, the, the Rockets back-to-back-to-back to back to back and winning 13 games. So this is the game where, Let's see what this team is really made of. Let's see if they come out and lay an egg. Maybe they still got some things to work on. This is the Farm Report with Pam Young. Not a bad Friday on the way. A little cooler than it was yesterday. 35 are expected high for today. Tomorrow will bounce up to 40 by Sunday into the mid and upper 40s. I think, honestly, this is one of the first years in recent memory that we can go to the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation's annual meeting and not worry about how we're going to get there or how we're going to get home. Hopefully that means a good turnout. That's where you'll see me and all of the Farm Department staff starting this afternoon trying to have some fun with our young farmers tonight, uh, giving them a chance to be a farm broadcaster. We've uh, tossed the gauntlet of challenge out to all of them statewide to try their hand at being a farm broadcaster and uh, then we're going to allow their peers to vote on which one's got the best sound. $500 cash for that uh, top vote getter. And I uh, sure hope that a lot of folks are still considering sending in their entries. We'll be talking with those folks later this afternoon. I mentioned earlier, it's kind of a pivotal year for the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. Not only is it their 100th anniversary, uh, they are also going to be looking for a new president, Jim Holt. President of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation announced earlier this year he's going to retire after this annual conference. So we've got a lot of different news items we'll be covering for you as well. I'm Pam Yonke.
Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Friday. Well, when you're headed to Wisconsin Farm Technology Days next July up in Eau Claire County, you might notice an awful lot of solar panels around the Hunsinger Farms. Hunsinger Farms, of course, consider the largest grower and processor of horseradish in the country, and they are also hosting Wisconsin Farm Technology Days July 21st through the 23rd just outside of Eau Claire. They announced yesterday that they've received more than $28,000 in funding from Focus on Energy to subsidize a new solar power installation on their farm. They are going to begin that project spring of 2020. Eric Rigg, who is president of Hunsinger Farms and a great-grandson of the founder, Ellis Hunsinger, said the solar field is really an important step for that farm's future. He said by trying to harness solar energy, they hope to bring energy costs down dramatically. 288 solar panels are what Hunsinger Farms is planning on installing, and he said they are the same type of solar modules that are mounted on the roof of the U.S. State Department in Washington, D.C. So Hunsinger Farms, your host for Wisconsin Farm Technology Days 2020 coming up in July, also going to feature a brand new solar farm coming up next year. It's 538. Well, again this year, it doesn't look like Mother Nature is giving us much of a break. Good thing you know my buddies at McFarland's in the heart of Sauk City. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yonke to remind you, no matter what you're doing, trying to winterize things around the farm, get that little piece of paradise winterized for the elements. Or maybe it's the home your family lives in, and it needs to be a little more energy efficient. Whatever you're thinking about, McFarland's takes care of you all under one roof. Trying to winterize things around the farm. Head back to the farm department. Bill and the crew, more experienced than anybody else in this area. Like I said, whether you're looking at trying to winterize that little piece of paradise that you've got or take care of where you and your family live, they've got it all under one roof. And what I really appreciate, being able to lean on the expertise that the staff at McFarland's brings to you. They'll help you get the job done efficiently and effectively. And that's really important with the weather we've got coming up. So again, McFarland, 780 Carolina Street, all under one roof, right there in the heart of Sauk City. 543 on the clock. Boy, you guys are Johnny on the spot this morning. Somebody just shot me a text and said, hey, Pam, where was your on this date in history tidbit this morning? And honestly, there's just not a lot of tidbits to choose from. The only one that kind of caught my attention was on this date back in 1865, The United States adopted the 13th Amendment. Do you know which one that is? That is the amendment that abolished slavery. So that one happened on this date back in 1865. So thank you for your text to uh, bring that little conversational tidbit up. Well, we are having conversations with farmers all across the state that are trying to stay farming. It's not about financial consequences. It may be about physical situations. AgriAbility of Wisconsin has, again this year, received a grant from Easter Seals for outreach programs that try to work with farmers that may have suffered some kind of physical debilitating illness or accident that makes it very challenging for them to stay involved in farming. Dick Straub is on the board of directors for AgriAbility of Wisconsin, and he said, Coming up in 2020, they really want to reach out more to Wisconsin farmers, in particularly those farmers that are somewhat socially disadvantaged, namely women, the Hmong, Amish, and others.
So we're looking for other ways to maintain a sustainable program with things that are, are complementary to our program. We're not trying to get out in left field in terms of what we do, but we're doing looking at things that will enhance the program that we have. And as I said, the, the, the particular grant that you're referring to is reaching out to those socially disadvantaged groups or and veterans uh, that are a target of who we want to engage with. So it broadens our presence in that community by, by uh, pursuing that grant or the objectives of that grant. Dick Straub on the Board of Directors for AgriAbility of Wisconsin. Uh, since 1991, AgriAbility has been around. I don't know if you realize it or not, but every year there's about 4,000 injuries that happen on Wisconsin farms alone. Some of those cause permanent disabilities, and that's where AgriAbility tries to step in and help those folks keep farming if they want to. And now, like Dick said, they want to make sure that they're broadening their reach by reaching out to women, specifically in agriculture, the Hmong, the Amish, and any other farm groups considered socially disadvantaged. Well, markets are not disadvantaged overnight, at least not right now. We're actually holding our own in overnight electronic trade. December corn's up two at 367.5. March corn's up three quarters of a cent, 377.5. January beans are up three at 887 and a quarter. March beans up three and three quarter cents, 902.5. The December wheat's up about a penny at 532. July new crop down a quarter of a cent, 529 and three quarters. Barrel cheese in Chicago dropped a penny at 224 and a quarter. 40 pound block cheese was down a quarter of a cent at 197 and a quarter. Double A butter dropped two down to 191 and a half per pound. Now the fluid milk for January currently down 12 cents, 1848 a hundredweight. February down 15 cents at 1776 a hundredweight. You know, Wisconsin is all about our cheese and our cheese reputation. You know, that reputation catches a lot of attention when it comes to holiday sales. But there are a lot of customers these days that don't want to go to the store. They want to do all their shopping from home and have it delivered. You know what? That's another fantastic opportunity for our Wisconsin cheesemakers. Josh Scramlin joins us next with an update on cheese and e-commerce on a Friday. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Whether you are going on a short vacation or consider yourself a snowbird, it is important to prep your home before you leave. Madison Area Crime Stoppers and the Madison Police Department Crime Prevention Unit have 10 safety tips for you. Number one, make sure all of your exterior doors and windows are locked and then double check them all. Number two, make sure someone will shovel your sidewalk. Number three, have someone you trust check on your house every day or every other day. Number four, leave a contact number with a neighbor in case of an emergency. Tip number five, stop your mail and newspapers. Number six, make sure you have lights set on automatic timers and install exterior motion lights if you don't have them. Number seven, encourage a neighbor with more than one vehicle to park their vehicle in your driveway or garage. Number eight, don't mention that you're away on social media sites. Not only does it tell thieves you're away, but it's free information for scammers. Tip number nine, make an inventory list with photos of all your valuables. And tip number 10, make sure to sign up for Madison Police Department's vacation watch service. You can visit madisonpolice.com for more information. Castles, culture, and cows. That's the combination we've got lined up for you on our next agriculture adventure. I'm Pam Yankee, inviting you to come along to Scotland and Northern Ireland September 15th through the 25th. 
We'll start off with three nights in Glasgow, where we'll cruise Loch Lamont, tour the Inverary Castle. Then it's on to historic Edinburgh and touring the capital cities of Belfast and Dublin. Just think about the history there. You want to talk history? We'll be touring the Titanic Belfast Museum and also witnessing the breathtaking Giant's Causeway. We've got agricultural highlights included, a visit to an Ireland dairy farm, and the fantastic National Museum of Rural Life in Scotland. Call 800-826-2266 for details or email me for a brochure, pam at midwestfarmreport.com. Also online, holidayvacations.com. Scotland and Ireland, join us. She knows which came first, the chicken or the egg. This is exciting news to me. It's time for the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, and as we wrap her up for a finally Friday morning, this may be the time of the year when we see cheese sales surge, but it is also the time of year when our cheese makers are trying to make sure that they're keeping a good pulse on supplies. Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service said in the month of October, Wisconsin's total cheese production actually went down, down about 7.5% compared to last year. We saw cheddar cheese output drop almost 7%. Uh, American cheese was down about 7.4%. Mozzarella in the state, that was about 9% less than October a year ago. Like I said, it's about inventory management, certainly not desire. We've got plenty of consumers out there that are looking for our Wisconsin cheese. Now, how they get it is changing. As Josh Scramlin found out yesterday, visiting with some folks from Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, keeping an eye on e-commerce and how those purchases online are driving Wisconsin's cheese sales. Josh? I'm just going to toss a number out there. $440 million. Think about that for a second. $440 million. That's a pretty good chunk of change, isn't it? And according to Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, online cheese sales are experiencing major growth. By the end of 2019, data shows the e-commerce sales for cheese will surge past that magical number of $440 million that I mentioned. This burst in cheese sales should be very, very exciting news for the Wisconsin dairy industry. And to get a little more insight on the topic, I spoke with Mike Edge. He is a regional marketing director for the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. And I said to Mike, before we start throwing around the term e-commerce, how about you tell me what e-commerce can be defined as? E-commerce can be defined as uh, the simplicity and uh, convenience for a shopper or a consumer to use digital platforms to purchase uh, items such as, in my case, specialty cheese or slicing cheese. And it gives us the opportunity to utilize our marketing tools such as banner ads and, and different digital platforms to connect directly to our website, directly to our manufacturer's items on those digital platforms, as well as utilizing brand through, like I said, banner ads and other one-click opportunities for, for consumers to purchase cheese in my in my um, in my side in my industry into their cart and make it simple for them to either pick up at store or have it directly delivered to their to their homes in the case of say an Amazon fresh or something that of those instacart is another big one mm-hmm. uh, peapod for me out, out east um, so yeah e-commerce again I think it's the demographic the simplicity and the convenience for the consumer so online cheese sales are experiencing major growth, $440 million by the end of 2019. Why do you think there's such a surge all of a sudden? I think it's the, cons- I think for me, in my opinion, I think it's the consumer that is purchasing cheese right now. The consumer, I think they're more educated. The consumer is becoming more educated in the cheese, specialty cheese platform. 
the messaging and and the the education and the knowledge for the consumer is digitally based now through those social platforms like Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, recipe ideation, etc. And who is who is the one navigating those platforms? Millennials, mm-hmm. Generation X, etc. Those are the people that are shopping online and using e-commerce as a platform to buy specialty cheese. So I think that's one, if not the most most significant uh, reason for the increase in 2019 and i think we'll only see that grow in 2020 and forward i mean digital is where it's at in the future for sure mm-hmm. now when you hear buying cheese online to, at first it might sound a little weird mm-hmm. but why does it make so much sense for cheese to tap into e-commerce I think one of the reasons is, one, it's the story. Um, Cheese is one of those uh, necessities, but also one of those things that people look at as, uh, as, as... entertaining right and we just got past thanksgiving going into the holidays everyone has a cheese board at their holiday party and how can they educate themselves it's on the digital platforms like i said those social platforms but also cheese gives you the opportunity to pair with almost anything you can pair it with nuts you can pair it with meats you can pair it with bread you can pair it with wines and beers there's so many opportunities the accoutrements the pairings that we that we have in the specialty cheese category that i think there's really endless possibilities in cross promotion cross-departmental, and that's why I think when you say you shop e-commerce, when you're clicking and buying and putting cheese into your cart, you're also probably directly linked, and they're hyperlinking you strategically on those platforms to buy a, a salami or a bread or a spread or a honey or a nu- or nuts. So it's really the opportunities are the pairings and the opportunities are, again, that demographic that's shopping those platforms. Something I'm curious about is how does social media play into e-commerce? Sure. So for instance, for when we run banner ads or, or something like that on the digital or e-commerce uh, platforms, they will, in, in some cases, depending on how they're built out in the algorithm, will directly link to the social profiles of said manufacturer being promoted on those on those sites or on that digital platform or directly and in some cases both to the Dairy Farmers Wisconsin to understand the story behind what we're representing and understanding what the badge represents, the Prowley Wisconsin Cheese Badge, but directly to the manufacturers so they can say, this is what our brand's about, cheese brand, this is our story, and it gives the consumer more of an education and knowledge into what cheese they're consuming, how it was produced, where it was produced, how it got from point A to point B. Those social platforms, messaging, branding, recipe ideation, for instance, like a Pinterest, is really just, it's next level. It's its the next generation right now. And um, e-commerce and digital play and all that. Talk to me about the dynamic between e-commerce and the storefront. How do those two coexist? If you see now, if you go into any, typically any retail outlet, there will be basically a built-in hub up front where people have, are either, it's Instacart or Amazon Fresh based, where people are ordering online through e-commerce and they're directly either picking up their groceries in store in buckets up front, or they're having someone, literally a person that job is to pick your items from your cart that you use the e-commerce platform for and is delivering direct to your door. Um, Uber uses it as well. Um, But in store, it is so we talk brick and mortar and we talk e-commerce. Brick and mortar will forever be, well, in my opinion, is is paramount to business at retail and cheese. Mm-hmm. But e-commerce progressively, it was 3% in 2013. It was 4% in 2016. It's 5% in 2019. And it's going to continue to grow. If we're talking 10% of the business on e-commerce by 2025, I mean, that is a massive amount of sales and dollars being being produced and, and out of that e-commerce platform. And especially right now, as you mentioned, in the cheese side of it. 
What are you hearing from retailers regarding online cheese sales? Are they seeing success? Anytime I am trying to build a program with with a retail partner or food service operator, there's no meeting that I have that doesn't have their digital marketing manager in it or their marketing director in it because they're wanting to talk about e-commerce and what we can do to activate it on an omni-channel, multi-tactical program. So if I'm doing in-store and I'm promoting cheese in-store in their brick-and-mortar outlets, we're also talking e-commerce and activating on their pages to drive sales. Again, like I said, 5%. If the other 95 plus, 90% plus is in-store, we have to tap into that 5%. And it's, again, it's an opportunity to brand. It's an opportunity for messaging. It's an opportunity for marketing. And it's an opportunity for incremental growth on the sales side. So, And that's what it's all about. So that's, I mean, the, the buyers, when we're talking specialty cheese, there is no meeting that we go into that we're not talking digital and social platforms. Something I'm curious about is how has e-commerce shifted the impact and the reach of Wisconsin cheese on a national scale? Sure, that's a good question. Um, it's it's drastically impacted. I mean, just internally, we've we've hired a department to run our digital side because we know the impact it is having on, on retail and food service. Um, you really can't quantify it. You know, we quantify it with impressions if we're talking social and digital media, clicks, et cetera. The next wave is is really driving that social digital platform that we're utilizing and that retail is utilizing or an influencer program that is utilizing on the e-commerce side to drive directly to that consumer and have that, that purchase and that convenience instantaneous. So, I mean... As we talk about e-commerce, I think there's it's it's the wave of the future, and it's something that has to be implemented into a program. That when we're talking specialty cheese at retail, um, it's a bucket that has to be talked about each time, each and every time. And then, where do you see online cheese sales going in the next, say, five years? Sure. I mean, it's there's as we as I said, I mean, there's nothing more than it's going up. I mean, we it's 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 a force to be reckoned with. It really is. Um, and like I said, it's something that needs to be discussed in every meeting. It's a platform that needs to be touched in every meeting, whether it's, you know, a holiday, for instance, we're in the middle of holidays. Mm-hmm. A lot of the programming I'm running out east has a digital and social uh, piece of the program in it. It has to because we're talking and we're speaking about cheese pairings uh, with wine and, che- and, and meats, et cetera. Um, in the next five years, I see it, you know, two, three, four, five, even more percent increase for sure. Incremental sales, incremental uh, opportunities for branding, messaging, et cetera. I think e-commerce is honestly the future of, of retail. Um, and I think for, for, in my case, for specialty cheese, it's, it's paramount to be a part of. That is Mike Edge. He is a regional marketing director with the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, talking about e-commerce cheese sales. And if you want more info on that, you can head to our website. That is MidwestFarmReport.com. I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.